0: And the Oscar goes to?
1: Welcome to Blessed Picture, a podcast where we explore underrated or off-the-wall movies we think are totally blessed. I'm your host, Shelby Mooring. And I'm your other host, Sky Payne. And get the live lobster tank ready because there's going to be carnage. <laughs> because this week we're talking about the one, the only, 2018's Venom. And not only that, we are joined by our very first guest, a very special guest, a person who I once convinced that Jar Jar Binks was in Star Wars Episode 7. <laughs> Please welcome my brother, Taylor Boring.
2: <laughs> welcome Thank to you. the pod, Taylor.
0: Thank you so much. I ca- I'm so blessed to be here. I can't wait <laughs> to talk about Venom. I'm so excited.
2: I I love Venom so much. It's uh, a f- my favorite rom-com, so I'm so happy that we're just I literally. Rom-com? I I literally wrote that in my notes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a rom-com. Don't worry. I have a whole... Uh, a whole time talking talk about it <laughs> I mean you're right he gets broken up
1: with twice in this movie okay
0: but wait but wait whenever he gets broken up with he, like the first time he just shows no emotion at all and it's just like where are you going what he's are you more, doing
1: s- he's more sad about the symbiote being like bye brah I gotta go What? Yeah, that's the rom-com <laughs> It's like shock. I think it's up there with uh, gay Krill Brad Pitt and uh, gay Krill uh, Matt Damon in Happy Things for like the most shocking love story of our modern era. (laughs) When
2: when they released this for VOD, uh, they reconfigured the trailer to make it like a rom-com trailer between Venom and Eddie. Wait a
1: second. Are you serious?
2: I'm dead serious. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. I have to seek this out at some point. This I, I believe you, but I also this like not like, believe it. I, I remember it so vividly because I loved it so much. And then it was like on the Wikipedia page and I was like, oh my God, I didn't hallucinate this. Like, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but
1: before we get too deep into that, we do have to talk about our blessed movies of the week. So Skye, I will ask you first, what is your blessed movie of the week?
2: My blessed movie of the week is from the 30s. It is I Married a Witch. It's now on HBO Max. It's very short, very campy. I had a great time. Um, I just loved it. It was like very easy to watch, very entertaining, and I love witches. Thank you.
1: Veronica
2: Lake, correct? Yeah, she's in that
1: correct. great hair.
2: Great hair, great, great gowns. Hair. Great hair, great gowns. gowns. And she has incredible outfits in this film incredible outfits i love that for her taylor what is your blessed movie of the week
0: so i just have i have a quick question um so am i allowed to give some runner-ups
1: i mean i guess you can sure why not there are no rules on this podcast go for it
2: it. tell us anything goes all right
0: so we're gonna go with the runner-ups first so all of these movies i've literally watched within the last day some of them within the last few hours So the first one that I have as part of my runner-ups, it has to be Uncut Gems um, by the Sippy Brothers, A24 movie. Um, Hell yeah! You know Adam Sandler, Diamond District, Kevin Garnett. There's a there's a big jewel, baby. Yeah, you know a big
2: uh, uncut gem, as they would say. Yeah, the weekend we can't forget the weekend. Yeah, we can't forget him.
0: We can't forget. can't forget about KG, you know, basically costing uh, Adam Sandler his life in the movie, basically, because of this stupid jewel. But anyways, <laughs> um, my gems are very uncut. I still love the movie. Um, it's incredible. <laughs> um, we watched
1: it Didn't we watch that, like... I don't think we watched it on Christmas, but we watched it around Christmas, correct? We watched
0: it on, like, Christmas Eve.
1: Yeah. No, because I watched Parasite on Christmas Eve. So it was, like, I think... Uh, it you might know, have been... It was. It was sometime
0: during Christmas vacation. Who knows? Something like. Yeah, that.
1: sometime during that time, and we watched it like on my laptop. Um, yeah, we in the, dar- the shit out of that. Yeah,
2: it leaked. I remember the leak.
1: Yeah. Yes. Don't report me, FBI. If you're listening.
0: I'm so sorry for watching the movie.
1: <laughs> you, you didn't hear anything we just said, but it was like we watched in the dark. As soon as it was as it was over, we just like sat there in silence.
0: We sat there, and then after like a few minutes, I just go, "What the fuck?"
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah you um, have to
1: decompress.
0: Yeah, there there was a lot that uh, went on. Also, the next movie I have, also by the Safdie brothers, also an A twenty four film, Good Time. That hell was yeah. that was a hell of a movie. Uh, Robert Pattinson, you know, he does not show cheek in the movie,
2: but. <laughs> because last night
1: Taylor was texting me we were texting about doing this podcast and Taylor asked me had I seen Tenet and I was like nothing will get me to the theater to see that unless Pattinson shows full cheek
0: and I'm here to report that Pattinson does not show cheek in Tenet either Rep. sorry no cheek.
1: not even dong just
0: nothing <laughs> No cheek
1: no dong nothing
0: he don't show shit <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, the story was wild and the way they progressed the story along with, uh, Connie, just like getting into these bad situations and manipulating everyone around him just for the sake of his brother. And just everything about it was great. I love the score too. I thought the music was really well done and also the lighting and the cinematography, everything. In those aspects, I thought was really incredible. Actually, I thought it was great. Um, well,
1: thank you, Peter Travers. You're really going in here.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I feel like being, you know, very educated right now. Um,
1: <laughs> and what, okay, what is your final?
0: So movie? the winner for my blessed picture <laughs> of this week is Drive, featuring Ryan Gosling
1: and Oscar I Isaac. Love that and movie. Oscar
0: Isaac and Brian Cranston. And uh you know, you seen
2: that movie? Yes. Yeah, it's been a minute. I forgot. I rewatched remember. it recently because I was doing a letterbox list of films that actually get the vibe of LA correct, which Drive yes. does. And I was like, oh, I forgot that all of these people were in this film. Yes. Yeah.
1: Question. Wait. Hold on. um Because you're talking about LA, and we're talking about Brian Cranston. Is
2: trombo on that list? <laughs> I have never seen Trumbo.
0: <laughs> what the hell is Trumbo?
2: <laughs> I don't know and I'm scared. He's a screenwriter.
1: To buy- he was like a, he's like it's a he's biopic playing of a Dalton prolific- Trumbo. Is that what yeah. he's playing? Dalton oh. Trumbo who got
2: blacklisted? I don't think I'm gonna like that film.
1: No. Well, it was one of those movies where it was like nominated for Golden Globes. Everyone was like, "What the fuck is this movie? Why do we care?" It was like the two popes of its time.
0: I just looked up Trumbo on Google, and it brings up the trailer. And in the thumbnail, it's just a picture of Brian Cranston in weird-ass glasses and in his eyes. No, not in the tub. No. His eyes are very just smudged together. His
2: chin look really weird in this
0: thumbnail. He's just squinting his eyes really close together and smoking a cigarette in this thumbnail for some reason. He just looks <laughs> weird.
1: But yeah, he's in the bathtub at some point. So I guess if you're a Brian Cranston, wait, hold on. Stan, a Brian Cranston,
0: Trumbled tub. tub. <laughs> Are
1: you really googling
2: that right now?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm look. Oh wow. <laughs> you oh, no cheek
2: or but oh, Bryan I Cranston found a real one. Oh. I didn't find the Brian Cranston version.
0: Yeah, I found one too. <laughs> <laughs> i want Brian Cranston in a tub. Come on.
2: Welcome to Trumbo Talk. I
0: know the, the podcasts Trumbo podcast podcast. Are not a
2: visual medium, but I highly uh, suggest putting Trumbo Tub into your Google image search and just okay, uh, wait, wait, wait. vibing.
0: So, so first, there's like, you know, pictures of the real dude. Then it just shows pictures of houses. <laughs> like real estate. What? I'm not kidding.
2: Mine does not do that do you have safe search up? What's going on?
0: It's just showing real estate listings.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what?
0: There's a nice spread in this kitchen, though.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Drive. Um, you know, I think it's one of my favorite movies of all time simply because the way the music plays into the film is really great. It, The way the music in the movie is just laid out it really gets me emotionally invested in it for some reason like ryan Gosling's ryan Gosling's character doesn't even have a name he's just simply known as the driver and yet i'm so emotionally invested in his story and him trying to you know just i don't know there's just a lot about it with the music that i think is very um what's the word it's very interesting attractive? how the music plays into it yes sure attractive There's something about the music.
1: Yeah, so my blessed movie of the week is Yes, God, Yes, which just came out semi-recently. It's directed by Karen Main, and it has Stranger Things, Natalia Dyer, uh, Alicia Bowe, Timothy Simons from Veep. Natalia Dyer plays a young uh, high schooler who goes to Catholic school, and basically it's sort of the typical, like, she doesn't seem to feel like she's like a good Christian enough or she sort of doesn't seem to have the same connection to religion as everyone else around her and is like, she's sort of surrounded by temptation a lot and just, she's a teenager and that's kind of the thing. So she ends up going to this camp to try and reverse these feelings. And uh, if you've ever like, gone to school in midwestern indiana you'll uh, probably know plenty of people who have gone to some sort of camp like this and it just really reminded me of like sitting at lunch in high school and like half the people had either gone to what was known as chrysalis or like new people that had gone to chrysalis and it was one of those things where people would go to it and then like they'd come back and they'd be like changed for like a week and they'd be like, yeah, it was such a life-changing experience, but I can't tell you anything about it. It's a secret, you know, because you have to go to experience it or whatever. It just made me sort of nostalgic wait, for that.
0: Wait, why? I never knew about this.
1: <laughs> you never knew about Chrysalis? Oh, no. There's None like of my friends camps. did that. Well, you obviously weren't friends with the same kind of people. My, friends weren't, friends.
0: Like, my, my friends weren't like, uh, you know, I don't know. They, they were stable. They were fine they didn't have to <laughs> get, go through a camp
1: well no it's just like these these are the kind of people who are already really involved in the church anyway it's kind like of they're uh, like they're
2: already religious a, this is just uh yeah, like it's emotionally manipulating them into like being more into it for sure oh, i know people who do shit like that
1: yeah and if you've gone to it you enjoyed it good for you no judgment it's just there's definitely a certain sort of behavior and sort of mindset and sort of type of person associated uh with that at least in my mind. But yeah, so uh now that we've talked about this movie, we now have to talk about a different movie known as Venom.
2: Ben up ben up, ben up Oh.
1: <laughs> so this movie comes out 2018 directed by Ruben Fleischer who you probably know as directing movies like *Zombieland*. Land, uh 30 minutes or less. Gangster Squad and Zombie Land Double Tap, which just recently came out. I would say that outside of Zombie Land, he hasn't had the sort of critical success that maybe we would expect.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. Venom is the best movie ever made.
2: <laughs> Literally, Venom is a masterpiece. Thank you for your time. <laughs> But he directed those movies.
1: He's done a lot of TV. Um, also, the thing that was most shocking to me is that he's executive producer on a ton of shows like Superstore, American Housewife, Town, Rip.
2: He's an ABC... Like, man, aren't those all ABC shows? And The Bold Type, which shocked me. I don't even know what that is.
1: It's, it's a it's CW? A freeform.
2: freeform, oh, freeform. Same fucking thing. <laughs>
1: I mean, you're not wrong, honestly.
2: Yeah. This uh, movie is a masterpiece. It brings you in. You're like, oh, this is a regular old superhero movie, whatever. And then you're like, wait, this subverts everything and is a rom-com and is perfect. Tom Hardy, great leading man. Very, very blessed.
1: (laughs) I just, I have so many questions about this movie. I had never seen this. I knew that you liked it. I knew that a lot of people, you know, despite it getting bad reviews and people not loving it, I knew that there is like a certain subsect of people that are like, this is high art. This is an amazing movie. So I wanted to experience it for myself. And boy, did I have questions. I think my notes have more question marks than the notes that I took for I'm thinking of ending things.
2: That's surprising. Honestly, I'm very surprised. It's like, and I didn't.
1: It's not that I didn't hate the experience at all. I think it was definitely worth watching at least one time. And then the second time I was watching it and I was like, yeah, I'm not picking up anything that I didn't pick up before. It's just truly just such a specific
2: experience.
0: It's so cut and dry.
2: Yes. And I think that's why it's blessed because it doesn't try – like. I think they went in not realizing that was going to be a rom-com, and then they were like, oh, shit, this is what it is. They edited it. It's cut and dry, and that's why it's blessed, because it doesn't try to be anything it's not, but people wanted it to be things that it's not.
1: Yeah, I think the typical track would be to make this movie, like, super dark and edgy and, like, very, like, Joker-esque almost. Yes. But there's something really interesting about the tone that they went for here because the thing is, is like the campy superhero movie doesn't exist anymore. Like now everything's like just like a normal comedy or it's like with, it's like a normal comedy with like action blended into it, or it's like super gritty and dark. You don't have anything like a Joel Schumacher, like Batman movie. Right. I think that it is interesting that this movie was so like wildly like hated and, and whatever, and there's a lot of things I can understand exactly why people don't like this movie. And there's a lot of things that don't make sense or don't work. But I think when I'm thinking about the tone, I actually think it's kind of interesting. And I, I think that's that's something that people just weren't expecting that. So I think that's part of the reason why they got really mad about it and weren't into it. They expected one thing and got something very different.
2: Right, totally. Like, they did not expect, like, going in that like Venom would tell Eddie that he was a pussy because he wouldn't jump off the like (laughs) building. Like, nobody expected that. But you know what? I love it.
1: But yeah, so watching this, I took all my notes and then I went to the IMDB trivia page because I was like, what is going on? I have to know. I need more context. I want to learn more. So I went to the IMDB trivia page and I pulled about four or five pieces of trivia that i think will be of interest to us
2: oh, i really God. hope it's all the same ones that i pulled because some of them i was reading them and i was like this is the best thing i've ever read thank you so much I am imdb
1: i've saved the best one for last so hold okay. on to your hat here okay so first of all tom hardy's son uh lewis or louis i'm uh, sorry to tom hardy's son <laughs> is a fan of Venom and Hardy took the role to please him. I wanted to do something my son could watch so I did something where I bite people's heads off.
2: It's so precious. I love it so much.
1: (laughs) Also, his son guided him on how to appropriately play Brock and Venom because he didn't know the character very well. So, I'm just saying the thing that works most about this movie was
2: absolutely because of his son. Like, how old what? is his son is my question. He's 12. So he would have been okay. 10 at
1: the time. Of I
2: love it. This. He is a smart 10 year old. He knew. <laughs> he said, dad, you just wipe people's heads off.
0: And then Tom's just like, yeah.
1: <laughs> you got to do it with a British accent. Oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that British?
0: I don't know what it was. All right.
1: The second bullet point I have is the restaurant scene was shot once with the live lobsters and once again with the fake lobsters. The lobster that Tom Hardy bites into was actually candy coated marshmallow filling with chocolate
2: syrup. What <laughs> the fuck? So good. Did you also, uh, do you have the other piece of trivia about the lobster scene at the ready? I do
1: not. Do you?
2: Yes, so Tom Hardy came up with the idea to have Eddie Brock get in the lobster tank when they were rehearsing the scene on location, but the tank was originally not built to support having a person inside, so they had to build a whole special one and had to like (laughs) wait to film that scene. They built a human tank. Yeah, part of the budget
1: of this movie, you know, that should have gone to special effects went to the lobster tank. The special effects
0: are so fucking shit. It blows (laughs) my mind. And you know what? I love it.
2: I was just like, what did they do with their money? The lobster tank. Where did it go? They said, you know what we need? We need to show that somehow Tom Hardy is still hot, even sweaty in a lobster tank. (laughs) And that is more important than any special effect.
1: Imagine you're working in the special effects department for this, and then you get a note that's like, oh, the budget was slashed because we had to build a lobster tank, so just, so uh, all that work you're doing, like, just scale it back a little bit. Just make it look shittier. Hey,
0: yo, get the candy-coated lobster tail. (laughs) We need it on set.
2: But I do have to say that I think that the first fight set piece when, like, Venom takes over Eddie's body is very good. I love Venom wrecking bitches. Like, I think that that set piece is the best set piece in the movie.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. And, like, and also I will say, like, at the end when it's Riot versus Venom, it's, like, okay, like, the special effects not looking great isn't as obvious because there's no humans in the frame. So it's, like... If you ignore... If when any time he's in shadow or there's like a lot of dust or smoke happening, it obscures the shittiness of the special effects. What I thought was
0: the shittiest aspect of the special effects in general was when he was getting the CAT scan and then he just goes (laughs) completely insane.
2: vibrating. Yes. It's so fun. I love it so much.
0: His fucking face just starts like glitching out. It's not even like... (laughs) Realistic as to what the symbiote would do, as in terms of like the symbiote would like try to get out of his body, it was a straight up glitch, like something you'd see on a fucking computer.
2: Wait, Taylor, do you have experience with the symbiote coming out of your body? Like, have you found somebody? Have you been possessed by a symbiote? Like Did I just like the rest of the movie, every yeah, other but... person that it happened to, it was just like, Brr. and then but it was because any... of the high frequency of the sound. <laughs> I find it to be bullshit.
1: Taylor's like, listen, I know things because I have a degree in
0: symbiote. All right, I went to fucking clown school with a concentration <laughs> in symbiote uh, <laughs> symbiote studies. All right.
1: <laughs> oh my god But I, know I, have this a couple, shit. I have a couple more points of trivia here I'll get through them pretty quick so first of all <laughs> Michelle Williams told the Hollywood Reporter that Tom Hardy was a big reason why she decided to sign on for Venom he's so talented and so committed he also makes unusual choices in a moment-to-moment, scene-by-scene kind of way. I always like to do those things I haven't done before, genres, parts. I like a challenge, and one of those challenges has been stepping into a bigger world. Which I just find it so funny because there's, like, nothing challenging about this role whatsoever. And it's basically her being like, Yeah, I needed a paycheck to pay for Matilda's private school, maybe. (laughs)
2: Also, my thing is, like, will they ever let Michelle Williams play a role that is not, like, the wife or girlfriend of someone with, like, out a bad wig? Like, I just have some questions. Like, she says that she wants to take different roles, but every single role she's ever played is the same.
1: She's always furrowing her brow. Like, she is the wife with the furrowed brow. Like, if she's not crying, she's concerned.
0: The wig was not doing it for me. I'm just going to say it.
1: (laughs) The wigs in this movie are
0: actively bad.
1: The wig work in this movie, criminal. Straight to jail.
2: (laughs) Wig jail.
0: Wig jail, wig prison. Maximum security wig prison.
2: I should have texted a picture of the wig to my father and gotten like a quote on uh, his opinion on it. I really wish I had. (laughs)
1: Also, I realized specifically Woody Harrelson's wig looks like Jesse Buckley's hair and I'm thinking of ending things.
2: Don't ever speak to me ever again.
1: (laughs) It does so the worst horrible.
0: There will be carnage.
1: <laughs> also, Tom Hardy based his performance as Eddie Brock on three actors. Woody mm. Allen, okay, martial y- artist <laughs> fighter Conor McGregor, Yikes. and Wait. Redman the rapper.
0: Yikes. Wait, what <laughs>
1: rapper? Redman. R-
0: Why? Why? <laughs>
1: Maybe he just really likes Dirty. I don't know what to tell you.
0: Man. He also
1: cited singer James Brown as an influence on Venom's voice.
2: Right, because we can't forget that Tom Hardy does Venom's voice. Um, I think that that's kind of blessed. I love it. It's really fun. Now,
1: the very last piece of trivia, which disturbs me even more than that.
2: Lin-Manuel Miranda wanted to portray Carnage...
1: (laughs) Are
0: you yeah. fucking serious? When
2: I read that. I actually clicked out because I said, that's awful. No like, fucking I, way. I personally love In the Heights. I'm an In the Heights stan. But anything after In the Heights, Limba Miranda should not be allowed to do anything.
1: Yeah, there's an article from November 22nd, 2016. So this is before the movies come out. And he was talking about wanting to play Carnage.
0: <laughs> That's the goofiest shit I've ever heard. Instead
1: of Disney and Marvel, we're looking at doing a maximum Carnage movie or bringing Carnage into the MCU. As a character, he wants to play Carnage. He genuinely, as
2: a fan.
0: What? Who Who looks at Lin-Manuel Miranda and thinks Carnage?
2: <laughs> himself, apparently.
1: <laughs> uh, Tommy Kale, when he cast Lin-Manuel Miranda as Roy Scheider in Fosse Verdon...
2: Yeah, no. I've blocked that from my memory <laughs> Goodbye. Um, also Absolutely think, not. Speaking of Marvel um, <laughs> There was Between Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal There were fights about whether This is like considered part of the MCU And Amy was like No this is in the MCU And then like later that same month He was like no it's not <laughs> Yes Sent from my Sony Xperia <laughs> Why are you punishing me
1: You know when like Tom when it was like a huge deal, they're like Spider-Man's not going to be part of the MCU anymore. Everything's falling apart. I'm like imagining the world where Tom Holland is stuck in a contract where he has to interact with Tom Hardy's Venom and Jared Leto's uh, what was that guy's name?
2: Morbius or Moribus or something? Morbius. Don't. Don't. No. No. There, which society has progressed past the need for Jared Leto? Is that
1: movie coming out anytime soon? What's but the wait. deal with that movie? I
2: loved I loved Joker and Suicide
0: Squad <laughs> so much.
1: Now I want him to be a living vampire.
0: Damaged. I'm going to get a damaged tattoo on my forehead.
1: <laughs> wait a second. Tyrese is in Morbius? Yeah. can't. Wait, wait, hold on. What if Morbius is a covert Fast and Furious like spinoff movie?
0: Yo!
2: okay. I'm vampire. Can we can we recast Jared Leto and then I'm all the way in, baby? (laughs) That's the thing, though. He
1: actually he dies like two minutes (laughs) in. Oh, I'm in. Surprise! It's Vin Diesel. Vin
2: oh my Diesel. god, Vin- wait, 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 Vin, wait, Paul, <laughs> Vin Diesel gets bit by a va- the vampire as, like, Jared Leto <laughs> is dying, and he becomes a vampire, and then they have to go to space in F9.
0: <laughs> wait, so, no, so whenever he gets bit, he goes, I'm not human anymore. <laughs> vampire.
1: He goes, Letty. <laughs> And think he just says he's a vampire. I just said to do that.
0: I just do my my Vin I am vampire. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Can I do my fast and furious Vin Diesel?
2: Yeah, yeah. I thought you were doing that. I, what, what, just, what were you doing? What was that?
0: Just Morbius, just Morbius.
2: <laughs> okay, I the intricacies. Okay, continue.
0: I, I don't got friends. <laughs> I got family. I <laughs> remember <laughs> Right, thank you. That's it. That's all I got.
1: Okay, I don't know who that was supposed to be, but that was not Vin Diesel. Vin
0: Diesel? I just tried not to laugh.
1: That was not Vincent Diesel, sir. Vin-
0: Vincent Diesel.
1: <laughs> but anyway, so after Venom appeared in Spider-Man 3, 2007, Sony attempted to
2: movie,
1: a off film based on the character. Work began in 2016 of... Um, Wait, sorry. Work began in March 2016 on a new version that would start a new shared universe featuring the Marvel characters that the studio possessed film rights to. Sony also intended for Venom to share the world of the MCU's Spider-Man Homecoming, but ultimately distanced the film from Spider-Man. Now, this is my one chief complaint. So this movie, you like, you know that this movie's been in the works for a while. They've really been trying to push it through. And I feel like you can tell that this movie has been in development since like 2007 because of how weirdly dated it is down
2: to the fucking Eminem song that plays at the end yeah the Eminem song that's the that is the thing I hate the most like I love this movie I think this movie is like flawless I love it so much except for that fucking Eminem song that where makes he, me want to scream where he it's rhymes even Venom with like six different words for no fucking reason
0: it's even funnier because this is whenever he dropped, uh, what was it? I think he dropped Revival at this time, and he, no, no, no. He dropped Revival before, and then he dropped Kamikaze after, and then he included Venom as a bonus track on the album. <laughs> no.
2: no. I, I, I to wish to that I didn't know that. Who wants to listen to that shit? I know <laughs> I don't want to. Why did he do that? I I do have to say that something that I think is very blessed is uh, the casting of both Riz Ahmed and Jenny Slate. Uh, For Riz Ahmed's role, they had Matt Smith, aka, like, the doctor, and he's in, like, The Crown, and then Pedro Pascal, who I think would be good. But I think Riz Ahmed, like, is so perfect because he's, like, kind of small, but he's, like, very intimidating about, like... His presence just, like, feels a little intimidating in this movie. And I love it. I think it's very blessed. When you really think about it, though, it's a battle of the short kings. Yeah. short? Short.
1: Yeah, he's, like, Join us. Well, he's, like, average height, really. He's, like, 5'8", but
2: still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the battle of the short kings. Like, really, that's what this movie is. It's just, like, short king propaganda.
0: How tall is is Reza Ahmed? How how, how tall is he? He
1: cannot be that tall. There's no way.
0: I hope I'm taller than him. I really He's do. Five oh, eight. Is five I'm eight. Yeah. He's 5'8". He's 5'8"? Shit.
1: Tom Hardy is 5'9". Also, if you wanted to know, Jenny Slate is 5'4", and Alicia Vikander is 5'6". six.
0: <laughs> uh, I was to hoping to be taller to than him. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Also, like, like Reed Scott being in this. Dan Egan from Veep. Uh, being oh, in this who also plays Veep. a character
2: named Dan. Why yes. is he only named Dan? <laughs>
1: He just, it's like Imagine Dragons, you know, they're all named Dan.
2: It's like, what's going I hate on? that this is like the multiple times that we've brought up Imagine Dragons <laughs> on this podcast. Like, this is my nightmare. Imagine Dan. But Dan for Feet. Love him. Love him so much. And
1: then like, okay, and then Riz Ahmed's in this movie, and obviously we talked about like people who were considered for this movie. I feel like I can kind of get why he would because it's like, oh, it's a villain. It's like a one movie kind of a deal because it's not like he's going to come back.
2: And he is like so good in this role. I love him so much. He is one of the like most blessed things about this. I think that this movie like doesn't work if you like don't have like somebody playing this role believably but he really is giving you like vague uh Tom L- Tom Middleditch in Silicon Valley by evil vibes and it works so well I think
1: it's really great that he's clearly playing like an Elon Musk type and because in my mind Elon Musk would absolutely be responsible for a venom type scenario <laughs>
2: Right, when, when he's, like, began human trials and, like, threatening her child. Like, Dude, I absolutely They only see.
0: tested
1: it on a bunny.
0: <laughs> One fucking bunny is like, yeah, all right, get the humans, bring them in. It's like, <laughs> what?
2: It's bring And, up, and bring like, all of the Abraham and Isaac and, like, God has abandoned us. Like, all of that stuff is so Elon Musk in my head. Like, he had to have been, like, the inspiration behind this. Like, there's, like, he had to have been. Also him saying I will not
1: abandon us, which is like the most Jeez. like unsubtle way of him being like I have a god complex hello. Yeah. Um something that's also really interesting about this movie as well uh is that this movie is weirdly one of the most political of the Marvel movies.
2: For sure. Eddie Brock, the Eddie Brock report is the young Turks. It like it's truly like something that would be on Vice. Like that's all I could think about. I was like this is Vice yeah.
1: baby. Like this is Vice content. Like First of all, he's anti-big pharma. Like, that is, like, a thread that's running through this. There's also, like, a big thing about the exploitation of, like, poor and, like, unhoused people and people who are ill, people who are vulnerable in general. Which is weird because it's, like, in the very beginning of the intro of, like, the Eddie Brock report, you know, you see a bunch of different stuff. And then at the very end, you get him saying something about, like, all of these homeless people disappearing and being exploited and, like, nobody cares. And it's like hidden in the intro and then it's like mentioned a couple of other times, but it's so strange that that's how they set it up. And then like this is like a huge thing because when they're confronting each or when he's confronting him in his interview, he's like, you know, I've heard that you're you're taking our most vulnerable people and are testing them and, and you don't care if they die. And it's like this is like a huge thing that is never then again dressed uh, or really, really, like truly addressed except for when his homeless friend goes missing.
2: Right, and then uh, he's like, when he is in the like research the facility. Web. Yes, thank Which
1: you. I by the, the way, word. the photo that he took is the most HD photo I've ever seen in my life. <laughs>
2: he said enhance. <laughs> like, it's, it's so sad though.
0: Yeah, I'm going to need the 4K HD Ultra Hypergraphic Zoom In Enhance uh, picture, please.
2: He, like, literally takes a
1: picture with his iPhone. And this is 2018 or 2017 when this movie is being filmed. And we're supposed to believe that Eddie Brock has, like, an iPhone
2: 16 or whatever.
0: Hell yeah, he does. He's Eddie Brock.
2: Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah,
0: journalism <laughs> god. He already has the iPhone 20. We just don't know about it yet.
2: But also something that bugs
1: me is when he gets kicked out of the interview and then he sat in front of his boss played by Ron Cephas Jones, which, uh, hello, why are you in this movie? Good for you. Um, he, like, he's getting, he's getting dressed down for, you know, for bringing this up in the interview when it was supposed to just be about the Rockets, which once again, very Elon Musk of them, um. And he's like, who is your source for this? And he like he's just like, I have a hunch.
2: Like, bruh, you gotta give what? us more. Like when once he was shown like for a smart guy, you really are a dumbass. You're like, yeah, Eddie, hey, bruh, like, do, do a little more. Just a <laughs> little. you're a journalist, you have a TV show and like you're supposed to be respected. Like you've clearly worked
1: hard enough and have shown you have the credentials. To have a TV show like this that does like in depth investigative reporting, and he's like, you yeah, know, I just had a hunch, bro. Like my source was my hunch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what? What's your source, uh, bro? Just trust me, please. I also right. have another beef. Like whenever he goes into his boss's office and then he just fires him, I'm just it's gonna so say. I thought it was unnecessary to fire him he was just like all right you don't have a source you're stupid get out of my office it's and like-, said,
2: like have a nice life if someone Literally. fired me and said have a nice life i would be so mad like i get why he becomes so depressed when it's like single sad eddie like he's all alone like i was like i would be sad
1: too and you would think that they would like put him on leave or something for a little bit
0: yeah no so or, like, just promote him, him just put him on a different
1: or something and just cancel his show. Not completely right. fire him. Which a I understand. white
2: man. Like you would think that he would have more pull. <laughs>
1: like I understand that Carlton Drake has a lot of money and has a lot of resources. And clearly is this like really, really powerful person. And I mean, that's stated early on in the movie that he has all of this pull and, and could essentially ruin their business. But it's like,
0: the thing is you just don't post the, episode you just don't post it
1: yeah like he gets dressed down and you demote him and you put him on a different beat and the tv show gets canceled like you don't have to entirely fire him but also I'm not a journalist
2: so I don't know yeah I don't know how things work I'm very dumb so
1: my other thing though before I guess we launch deeper into this is that Michelle and Tom do they have chemistry
2: because I don't think uh, they do. No, the chemistry no. is between Venom and Eddie, and that's the whole fucking point. It's, because, so, yeah.
1: it's, it's so wild to me that, like, here are these two really good-looking people who are very good actors. Both of them are excellent actors. White Michelle Williams gives it to you every time. And Tom obviously has the range, as he has shown many times before. And in my mind, I'm like, is it just the writing? Is that part of it? Is it like the scenarios they're being put into? Would this work if they're in a more serious movie?
2: I I just don't think that they even cared about that relationship. I think they focus yeah. so much on the Eddie Venom relationship. Like when at the end, like when he says like, what made you change your mind? You did, excuse me. That's like a classic rom-com line and they don't care about Michelle Williams. That's the whole thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, totally. I, I also do just have to say that on the Wikipedia page there is a whole section. Um, I guess this ship name is Simbrock. That's what it's called. No,
0: Simbrock.
2: <laughs> Simbrock. I'm scared. Um, Damn it! No. And there is a whole section on the Wikipedia called Simbrock Shipping. Um, and <laughs> I was delighted I by that fact.
0: I hate this so much. I.
1: Like, I support, but also I'm scared. Like, I feel like I need an adult to view this content. Also, I'm scared (laughs) to even go on to DeviantArt or AO3. I don't want to know. I
2: I did look it up. There's 3,017 fix on AO3 in the Simbrock tag. Uh, Of
1: course. Of
2: course. course. I I didn't delve further. I've never read uh, Simbrock. I do just (laughs) want to put that out there. I've never read Simbrock, but I support (laughs) you if you do because I love them. I'm going to go
0: on Wattpad after we get done yeah, this Don't week. go on
2: and, Wattpad. Love yourself, Taylor. Stick to it. You know, <laughs> I'm
0: going to read fan fiction and hate myself and then read <laughs> Harry on the Prairie.
1: Harry on the Prairie part <laughs> two. This time he's Venom.
0: Yes. <laughs> and it's Tom Hardy, not even Harry Styles. It's,
1: not even Harry. it's sort of like, um, what is that movie? Haunting in Connecticut 2, Ghosts of Georgia. Also, I just want to point out that after their date, The the date that Anne and Eddie go on. They cut to them in bed. And she is asleep with a full set of like 301 lashes on. Maybe
2: she has eyelash extensions.
1: Those those were no eyelash extensions. Those babies were like drag lashes, okay? Like I know a 301 when I see it. (laughs) Also, I want to point out because this – he goes to her computer to go through it because she works for the law firm that works for Carlton Drake and she's like going through through her shit reading all of her documents and all I could think to myself was this is an am I the
2: asshole post like waiting to happen yes yes Absolutely. Eddie is not good in relationships. Like, he's not. So, like, when you see him with, like, with Venom, and you're like, oh, this is, like, a symbiotic relationship, first of all, it's not Stockholm Syndrome, because he was never even mad about it. He was just like, yeah, cool, I have a parasite, like, whatever. Thanks for not, like, letting me die. They live symbiotically. And, like, that's the best relationship that Eddie has, and that's very bleak for Eddie. Like, bro, go to <laughs> therapy. Yeah. <laughs> In
1: in 2020, we're normalizing therapy. Go to therapy, my dude. Please, but we have to go through the plot a little bit more here. So to begin with, you see a Star Wars. Not really, just just (laughs) some Star (laughs) Wars. Star Wars, just some ships. A ship in the in in space. I almost said in the space. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a probe belonging to Life Foundation. Uh, is dis- like discovers a comet that's covered in symbiotic life forms. The probe returns to Earth with some samples. Like at Sam's Club on a Sunday, and <laughs> what is we stand they- Costco in this household? Actually, well, we didn't have a Costco where we grew
2: up. Wow, it's only that's now disgusting. that
0: like, we yeah they just now built one.
2: Up. Wow, yeah, after we left, how dare they? Um, that's really disrespectful to you both. Right? I'm so sorry.
1: But the probe, of course, ends up – or sorry, the ship ends up crashing in Malaysia. And the other three that aren't crushed or are damaged in this crash end up being transported to the research facility in San Francisco. And the other one is then transferred into a number of people via an it follows type scenario. And the last one, first of all, I was confused by she looks the woman that is inhabited by it. She looks at a thing that says life foundation and then just magically knows where
2: to go. Like, is that like they're that smart? They're yeah, I think they are because like Riot was like so smart, right? Like Venom is like, oh no, like I'm really dumb, like I'm the loser on my planet. He's really smart, he can do whatever. Okay. So I think that they have like way more intelligent life than we but- do. But
1: also my question is, you read live foundation on a piece of s- scrap metal or whatever, and you just magically know where to go? Like they just no- have
0: chairs implanted. They Do have chairs have- navigation. <laughs> it's
2: like do they have ways built in? Like, what's going on? Like, they just automatically yeah, right know. <laughs> also, I do have to say that uh, the old woman who gets possessed by the symbiote walked. So the uh, in Captain Marvel, when that old woman uh, gets like fights Captain Marvel on the bus, like so she.
1: Oh <laughs> my god! Yes. Also, the old lady in It Chapter Two, which I've only seen oh, the trailer dude. for. Oh my I, god!
2: I have not seen that because of who I am as a person. I'm baby. <laughs>
1: But this is also the point where we are introduced to Eddie Brock and his lady, Anne Wying, played by white Michelle Williams, who is an attorney preparing a lawsuit defense for the Life Foundation. And it's at this point where he's developing a story for his show, The Eddie Brock Report. We've already talked about this a little bit. He plans to confront... Uh, him about the wait a second. This is where it makes sense. So, the Wikipedia tells me that the reason why he knows about this is because he read through the documents. I get it all scrambled up in my mind, and for some reason, uh... he, like already knew about it, but he did okay. So, it's the documents that's where he gets it from,
0: and then he didn't want to snitch on uh,
1: his Man. girl. Oh. That makes it oh. okay. Actually, this movie makes sense. Okay, I just have
2: like no brain cells. That's all.
1: Okay, See, I good. told
2: y'all, you don't have to worry about that stuff. Just let Venom into your heart, and you'll be better for it.
0: <laughs> I have smooth brain. I just watch movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Head empty, no thoughts, baby.
0: Head empty, no thoughts.
1: So he reads about the documents. He confronts him in this interview. And then, of course, he gets fired from his job because of it. And then and Wayne gets a uh, Fired from the firm, and then of course ends their relationship. So that's the first breakup he goes through, which he's he's not that devastated about.
0: He's we not even sad about. It. He's just like, hey, where are you going? Yeah. Okay, bye, and then he just leaves. <laughs> that's it.
1: And it's also just like. I I also found it interesting because, like, I feel like they really try hard to really establish, like, oh, Eddie's, like, this fun, nice, friendly guy. He's kind, you know? He's an ethical person. He's kind to the homeless woman that he sees. He's kind to the security guard. And he's very likable, which I do think works a lot. I think Tom Hardy just naturally has that charisma. So he makes it work, even though he's doing the most, like, bonkers, like, almost Marlon Brando in the Godfather-esque accent at times. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, um, I think it, it it just also makes, because Venom in general, I think is likable. And so, I mean, it's hard to make a movie about a villain where he's supposed to be the hero, you know? So you have to really establish, oh, he's likable. Oh, and like, even though Venom is not like a, like he's supposed to be a villain, When the two work together, it's like, okay, this creates a really interesting relationship, a really interesting dynamic, or Venom sort of has to, like, stave off these urges to, like, bite people's heads off. And he's using, like, his powers to hurt bad people. So that- He's an anti-hero. Yeah. So he's, like, truly, like, the anti-hero, and you really root for Venom and for Eddie together. And it-
2: Which is why this movie works so well, because you're like, I love
1: them. I want them to succeed. I think that is the most successful part of this movie, is the Eddie-Venom relationship. A hundred percent. It works the best. Also, at this point, we really learn what Carlton Drake's- um,
0: Where his head is. what What, his ambitions are?
1: What his ambitions are and what he plans to do with the symbiotes. So basically the idea is that they're putting the symbiotes into people to try and obviously see how they react to them. But it's also about because they want to essentially colonize another planet. That's the essential idea. So with the symbiote in a person's body, that could make them then be able to – be able to adapt to the environment of another planet without having to wear a space suit essentially is the idea. While he's doing these trials, they're very careless. Like we said, he tests one bunny and he's like, you know what, Jenny Slate, fuck you. We're ready to go. Let's do it. I'm on the, the verge of a scientific breakthrough. I don't want anyone getting to this. So then they start testing people.
2: And Jenny Slate, to her credit, at this point, she's like, oh, fuck. Like, I cannot just stand by and let this happen. So she goes and, like, stalks Tom Hardy around his neighborhood (laughs) where he's just, like, out there being sad and, like, a bad plant dad. I get it, Tom Hardy. I get it. And I love, like, their first interaction. I think it is so good. Also, her name is
1: Dora Skirth. Skirth? Skirth. I don't nice. like that. I don't like that <laughs> name either. First of all, I thought her name was Doris Skirth, which I think
2: made it worse. Doris? I'm like, how old is she supposed to be?
0: What time period are we in?
2: Is <laughs> This is a period piece. Are
1: we
0: in the 50s?
1: Dora skirt that's her name and also Jenny Slate has never looked like a Dora and never will look like a Dora I know she's supposed to be like nerdy because she's a science lady you know like oh, she's she has
0: glasses scientist.
1: on yeah like that's the idea they put some glasses on her and like yeah she's nerdy as shit boy But my favorite too is like so you see like that trial with the one guy where they basically shove him in a room without any sort of briefing no place to sit like <laughs> they're like okay dude go into this room and like stand here and get attacked by the symbiote and then like she goes and complains like you said she stalks him and my favorite is that eddie is like saying how he knows how dangerous carlton drake is because he lost his job and she's like people are dying at work dude we
0: got to take him down he made me lose my job
1: (laughs) i can't work at vice anymore
0: Fuck, v- Vice fired me because of Elon Musk. Shit, we have to take him down. You
1: replaced my my hour, my time slot with more Action Bronson content. God damn it!
0: Yeah, I'm eating shrimp and scampi with
1: oh, <laughs> <meet> friends.
0: <laughs> That's an Action Bronson bar right there.
1: <laughs> Thank you for that. It was like anyway. he was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, also. She helps him break into the facility. That's where he takes a super HD photo. And that's where he gets taken over by Venom. Which, a couple of things. So, like, they have all this money, and they couldn't make the glass in this facility shatterproof, but also, where is the security guard?
0: Where are the cameras?
1: Where is any of
0: this? Where's any security precaution at all? There's nothing.
1: Also, this applies later because, like, the little girl creeps in to the facility as well, and that's how riot oh happened. But it's like, how did anyone not see this girl and, like, <laughs> stop
2: her? It's
1: Carlton because- Drake said,
2: I just want to lead by fear, and, like, nobody needs to do anything else. He's
1: like, I'm on the verge of a scientific breakthrough. Jenny Slate, you have to start trials on humans now, but also, I'm not going to invest in a security camera.
0: It's funny because whenever that little girl just stumbles in and her eyes are just like rolling in the back of her head, he just goes, Are you lost? And then she just proceeds to (laughs) fucking
2: wreck his fucking shit. She She destroys him.
0: Yeah, she straight up wrecked his shit. Like that was fatality Mortal Kombat type shit. Top
1: 10 greatest anime fights.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Top 10 people Eminem was afraid to diss.
1: So then he has to run away because security ends up showing up. They're like, what the hell's going on? And he starts doing all this crazy shit to get away from them. He fucking climbs him. that tree. He himself. His first reaction is not, what the fuck is wrong with me? It takes him throwing up and like sweating and like eating all of this food and immediately vomiting for him to be like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, dude, you just climbed a tree like Edward Cullen.
0: I think I'm sick. <laughs>
1: But yeah, so after this confrontation with these security guards, he ends up going home. He's like super ravenous. He's sweating. He's throwing up. Great sweat work. Probably only second to Christmas scene and sharp objects in terms of sweat work, I think. I told you. And I think that Tom Hardy looks great. He looks great, even though he looks like he's dying. But yeah. then again, my type is also like a dude who
2: looks like he see, died of consumption. And that is normally 90. not my type. That's normally not my type. So the fact that Tom Hardy pulls it off so well, I think, is a credit to him. I think it helps too. He's like he's he's meteor, a little beefier. Meteor or meteor? Meteor. Meteor. meteor?
1: He is a literal piece of space junk floating. He's around. a fucking comet. <laughs> Shooting star, baby.
0: You're my shooting star, Tom Hardy.
1: Anyway. And then he ends up going to the restaurant where Anne and her boyfriend
2: Dan are, and he gets in the lobster tank and eats a live lobster. The amount of secondhand embarrassment I get during this scene is, like, astronomical. Very strong. I hate it. It's honestly a wonder that, like, a manager does not
1: throw his ass out immediately because he's, like, grabbing things off people's plates. Like, he is... He is fully just wrecking everyone's shit.
2: Right. I think about the amount of times, like, I've had, like, people in my lobby of my hotel doing weird shit. And I'm just like, get the fuck out. Like, I I don't fuck around. (laughs) They just love him. And he also reaches out
1: to Anne and her boyfriend, Dan, who is a doctor, Dr. Dan Lewis, Uh, Because he is experiencing these weird symptoms. He doesn't know what's happening to him. And it's during the MRI MRI that you get the discovery of Venom trying to leave his body. And during all of this course, he also has Venom talking to him and he doesn't really know what's happening. He doesn't understand why there's a voice in his head. I also have to question because, of course, they do the MRI, he glitches out and they later come back with, oh, it's a parasite. And I'm like,
2: what did his test results look like?
0: Yeah, he had I... a food poisoning.
2: <laughs> sometimes I'm like, uh, sometimes when I watch this movie, I'm like, did nothing like come back on his lab results except for like that his like heart was being weakened and all that stuff. So they just like assumed that it was a parasite. Or was there
1: like a mass or something that showed up? Like, what kind of monsters inside me shit was going on here? Like, I have to know. And also, I j- also I want to n- note that I wrote down his reaction in the MRI is like when the underside of a spoon is put under a faucet. <laughs> I just thought I should make that known. Um, meanwhile, Carlton Drake calls Dora Skirth. <laughs> scurf to talk with him and he's like yeah i know what you did and will you tell me who helped you and she ends up finally selling eddie out but of course rather than just letting her go he ends up releasing the symbiote one of the captive symbiotes and she is killed rep jenny slate yeah also my favorite is like she's in this room with him the symbiote is there why would you ever agree to go into that room especially when you know you've done something that like could really potentially jeopardize one your career but also your life because of these people are literally killing people she knows
2: this
0: she she said fuck it we ball (laughs) for though, she did not care she was like all right she was
2: ready to sacrifice herself
0: she knew what she knew to do
2: you know what like if i were in that position like i don't care kill me whatever like let me just like make sure that like somebody knows what's happening here and someone's gonna save all these people i don't care about me
1: but it's also around this time where they send out a team to take out eddie and to retrieve him and the symbiote essentially um they're instructed to not kill him i if i remember correctly they're just yeah. They want the symbiote because it's the only one left after the one kills Dora Skirth. And first of all, my question is, how is the man who is leading the squad, how is he not Bilber? Does this man not look like Bilber?
2: Oh my god, I I forgot that there's somebody named Bilber. I thought it was like like Wilbur with like a... No, comedian
1: and actor Bill Burr. Sorry, maybe I should have like, paused more. Um, but yeah, how is this man not Bill Burr? Like, does he not look like Bill Burr? I think he shall looks we, like Bill Burr.
0: Shelby, can you send me a picture <laughs> of this man real quick?
1: Google Bill Burr. Why do I have to send it to you?
0: not know what Bill Burr looks like, but like, um, what does the guard look like?
1: The other guy?
0: I, oh, I just want to well, know. hold
1: on. I don't even know the guy's name.
0: Yeah, show I, me the I, other I Literally, because
1: I'm I was watching the movie. I literally typed in Bill Burr Venom.
0: <laughs> that's what I typed in to figure this out. Because y'all were talking about it. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? His I name no is cool Scott
1: Hayes. No relation to... Scott Bill Burr. Hayes. Hayes.
2: Scott Hayes.
1: He doesn't on. look like him with hair. When he didn't have hair, he looked like him.
0: Okay, I mean... All right. He maybe. looks like him anyway. more emotion.
1: He doesn't look like... He doesn't look like him in pictures at all. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm that's... just...
0: That man does not look like anyway, you in pictures.
1: But anyway, so the head of security is sent after him. They're not supposed to kill him because it's the only remaining symbiote left. And this is where they start fighting in his apartment. And I, I do like that scene where he's figuring out his powers. I think that's really successful. I think it, it works really well, even though the CGI isn't the best. Um, And... I also like the scene of him on the motorcycle, even though that feels like it goes on for a very long time.
0: That scene I, was so long.
2: I It's very long, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? It's very fun and I love it. Um, I also love when uh, they're like, right. And he's like, I have to like write this note. And he like writes, like do the right thing on the napkin. I think that's very precious. I also find it funny, though. He, like, doesn't write anything
1: else. Just do the right thing. And I was like, yep, that's supposed to tell him he's everything a, that he's supposed he, to do.
2: He's a Spike least.
1: But it's at this point, Venom and Eddie are talking to one another. This is where you start getting into the romantic comedy aspect of it. Venom tells Eddie that he's a loser. And <laughs> he basically tells him the entire idea is that... The comet is searching for planets where the symbiotes can possess and devour the inhabitants of the planets. Um, Venom offers to spare him if he helps the symbiotes achieve their goal. And essentially, of course, he later decides to stay with Eddie because he likes being on earth. He likes Eddie's partnership and they work really well together. Um, But I really, I really enjoyed this conversation like I said, the most successful part of the movie for me.
2: Yeah, and uh, when Venom is like, you're making us look bad, I think that's so fun. Like, I love, like, you know, in a rom-com when they're, like, teasing each other. I love it. (laughs) It's very bad. It's
1: also at this point where um, Dan calls Anne to tell her that Eddie's medical charts are astronomical. His his readings are astronomical. He's clearly not very well. Which my first question was, is he violating HIPAA
2: by doing this? I don't know. why. I went to theater school.
1: (laughs) But like he's telling someone who is not him medical information. I, uh, that's that's gotta I, be that's a HIPAA violation. Someone yeah, is listening like to this, this podcast right now who has HIPAA adjacent experience and is like screaming right now, "You idiots! Yes, it is, that, or no, it, has it, has it is." I've never claimed.
2: Way. I've never claimed to be smart. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I have never claimed to be smart. I am notably a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah,
1: he breaks into his old workplace to turn evidence of Carlton Drake's crimes. He's surrounded by SWAT and is forced to transform to escape and Anne witnesses this transformation and takes Eddie back to Dr. Dan's office and this is where it is explained that the symbiote is slowly killing him. It's rotting his internal organs and he of course makes sure to let them know that he has two weaknesses, high-pitched noises and fire and It's at this point that the MRI machine is used to separate the symbiote from him. And then he's captured. So this is when the symbiote goes up into the ceiling and goes away. And then she goes and rescues him because she and the symbiote merge together. And then she goes to see him and and to save him. And this is when she turns into dummy thick venom
2: lady really really good and then one of my favorite moments is when like Venom decides that he's like actually I'm done being dummy thick Venom I I want to go back
1: that's how the transfers they make out that's the most chemistry that they have this entire
2: movie it's It's literally like it is like yes exactly (laughs) they really do be making out it really do be a rom-com like that that whole moment, you're just like, holy shit, is are they doing are oh they're they're doing that? Okay. And then like at the very end, like she he's like, hey, I'm sorry about venom. And she's like, Do you want to talk about that kiss? Like, that was your buddy's idea. Hello. <laughs> Hello? I it's it's delightful. I love it. It's delightful. I can't believe people hated this rom com. I love it. So At this point, Riot
1: happens. Riz Ahmed is then transformed into Riot. And this is where we get our, like, real full-on super evil villain for the movie. Um, To quote Cosmonaut Variety Hour, he is an ERJB, Evil Robot Jeff Bridges. Yes. Which, this is a problem that happens in a ton of superhero movies, where the villain is just... A bad version of the hero. So like Yellow Jacket in Ant-Man. Evil robot Jeff Bridges in Iron Man. (laughs) In this movie, Riot. In the Incredible Hulk abomination. Like I could go on. It's a very common trope in these movies. Especially for the first movie
2: i'm I'm shook by this. I really am
1: like I get it. It had to happen. The riot stuff, I think, is a very natural place to go for a movie like this. But it is kind of like a lazy trope or whatever. but I it's whatever. I, I don't expect much from villains in these movies at this point because most of the time the villains aren't that great. <laughs>
2: I feel like every superhero movie, the villain is very disappointing. Like I can't even like remember the last time that I was like, "Cool villain, great, wonderful." I honestly think it was like Black Panther was the last time.
1: That was a good one. I also really liked Kate Blanchett in Thor.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: she was emo. She listened to Evanescence. Like she was giving us literally
2: like since then. And I wish that like this. I wish that this wasn't a superhero movie at all. I wish that whole aspect of it was just, like, cut. But I, the one part I do like is, like, when Venom is, like, on my planet, I'm a loser like you. Like, here we can be more. Like, I just love that.
1: (laughs) Um, Also, it's worth noting that when he's trying to, when Riot is trying to, there's, like, a rocket being sent. Is it like, it's, like, a rocket being sent, right? It's a goddamn yeah. rocket. A rocket is being sent Elon out. Musk. Elon Musk shit, right? So SpaceX. SpaceX. And my favorite thing is that this man in the lab is trying to override it by reading a printed manual. How what does stop space
0: rockets for dummies.
1: <laughs> Literally... He's like looking this up in a paper manual and it literally says on this thing how to abort the mission.
0: (laughs) Press the big red button. It will stop the rocket.
1: I just... What? (laughs) That to me broke me. I was like, okay.
0: (laughs) Do they not have the technology where it just gives you the instructions or anything? Like digitally?
2: Like part of this movie... Feels like it's like Blade Runner 2049 era. And then also part of it is like the 50s. Like they have <laughs> no technology, but yet, like they have all this technology.
1: It's like honestly a wonder that Carlton Drake didn't hop into a fridge in the rocket to survive the blast. Fucking no.
0: Indiana Jones. Stop. <laughs> Stop right now.
2: Me. I'm Harrison Ford. But
1: Venom and Riot do end up fighting. They're hanging out around this rocket. They're fighting. They're <laughs> They're talking. They're fighting. They're fighting. They're vibing. They're vibing.
0: They're chilling, you
1: know? Um, this fight is... I mean, it's good. I mean, it's all CGI. It's sort of... It's, it's whatever. It- I mean,
0: when you have two big symbiotic bad guys, there's a lot of CGI that's going to happen, <laughs> but...
1: Um, yeah, I will say I think the most visually stunning part of this movie is like when they all turn like liquid because of the noise Yeah,
2: yeah. A lot of it it's like cool.
1: actually like it kind of brings a tear to my eye like it looks pretty cool <laughs> like it looks straight up like it came from the panel of a comic book which I really did appreciate I really like that but the worst part is after all this fighting between Riot and Venom then they just become humans again and then it's like the most pathetic They're <laughs> fight, just
0: kicking and punching each other.
1: And yeah, literally just like pushes him off. That's like all that happens, and it's just so ridiculous. Because as ridiculous and over the top the CGI battle is, at least it's interesting. There's stakes. It's kind of cool that Wright can do all these things, and and you're watching Venom defend himself from that. And then it's just Tom Hardy like pushing. <laughs> The Riz Ahmed
0: Bro, around a little bit. Riz Ahmed was literally on the edge, and then this uh the riot symbiote was about to latch onto him again, and then he's like, it's too late. I've already... And then Tom Hardy just fucking backs... It. Like, he just kicks his shit in and just <laughs> kicks him off. Doesn't
1: even let him finish. And also, I want it to be noted that White Michelle Williams' hero moment is moving a dial. Yes. Literally. She just... Like, in the middle of the fight, when the sound happens, the she causes... She causes the sound to be dialed up by literally moving a dial. And she's a hero.
2: <laughs> but listen, like the fact that she remembered that that's like the kryptonite for the symbiotes is like impressive. Big brain energy.
0: I just thought it was um, very cheesy whenever she said the line because uh, Venom was like, you know, uh, these are this is a big bad guy. You don't want to enter into this fight. And then Eddie was like, "Yeah, uh, it's gonna get ugly." Or Venom said it. One of the two. And then whenever she turned the dial, she just goes, "It's <laughs> I can fight ugly too." And then it, it was just, the delivery was so bad and so cringeworthy. Like I about turned off the
1: movie. We haven't even mentioned the part where he's in the bar early on in the movie after he's gotten fired, and someone asks him because his show's on. Oh yeah. And the guy in the bar next to him goes, "Are you Eddie Brock?" And he goes, "I used to be."
2: <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? You still are. <laughs> what movie is this? Stop it. What, what movie is this? this? He's like the Eddie Brock that they knew is dead and gone. The the vice this Eddie is Brock. Bonham. Okay, this isn't a Star <laughs> is Born.
0: <laughs> new day, new me, baby. I'm not the same Eddie Brock you knew yesterday
1: also is at this point i noted that there was like 30 minutes left but it was actually mostly the credits
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: i was like how is there 30 minutes left of this movie this movie is literally almost over
2: because eminem
0: playing like
1: yeah because this is the point where riot ends up getting burned up in the rocket launch and it fails of course a la uh, roman's rocket launch in season one of Succession. Um, By the way, if there were any Roy character to be a Carlton Drake-esque figure, it would be Roman, 100%. Yeah, that's
2: him. That's him.
1: I actually would have liked to have seen Kieran Culkin take on this role. I think he could have done that very well now that I'm thinking about it.
2: He absolutely could have if this movie was like a few years later, I think he would have been in the mix, like instead of Matt Smith. Like, I think that that would be the trade off in the mix.
1: A hundred percent. And it's at this point as well where you think, oh, Venom's been burned up. He says goodbye and they're separated. But no surprise. Not really. Actually, he's been there the whole time.
0: He was more heartbroken over losing Venom than he was losing his girlfriend.
1: (laughs) He showed more emotion over
2: that than anything. He
0: literally yelled, No!
2: Like, like he was so heartbroken. Venom is his person, baby. Venom is his person. person. It's true Venom? Heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) He's he's not a person. (laughs) And you see him talking to Anne, they're back together ish ish, kind of they're hanging out um, and he starts laying ground rules for Venom like we only eat bad people so of course you get (laughs) the scene at the very end of the movie where he's in the convenience store that we've seen from earlier in the movie where the lady tells him he looks like shit and this This scene includes my
0: my favorite uh, line in the whole movie. Yeah,
1: probably. this man is, like, robbing it. You've seen him earlier in the movie trying to rob it, and this time he turns into venom, and... What's your favorite line, Taylor? I know exactly what so,
0: so he talks about, uh, you know, eating off his arms, and then his legs, and then uh, something... Uh, I think he also talks about eating his head off, maybe. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. But he, he's just, like... Uh, like a turd in the wind, <laughs> rolling down the street, like... Legless, armless, no limbs, <laughs> turd in the wind. Yeah, so that was that was my favorite line in the whole movie.
2: I'm glad you did it in the Venom voice. I was really hoping that you were going to do that. So thank you for Like sharing. a turd
0: in the wind.
1: Okay, dust in the wind, but turd. But, but turd. <laughs> but, turd. <laughs> but what if turd? Turd in the wind. Wow, beautiful. Grammys. Grammys for everyone.
2: Good job, team. Wait, I have, I do have a question about, like, obviously I love this rom-com, but I have a question, yeah. like, do we think, I, I, I'm I, scared to, like, look at the fic, but, like, does Venom, like, inhabit somebody else's body and, like, that's how they have sex? Like, I just have some questions about the mechanics Whoa. of it all.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a job for AO3, baby.
2: <laughs> I just have some questions about the mechanics of it all. <laughs> I mean that's fair.
1: Also, it's worth noting that around the time of the on my planet, I am kind of a loser like you. He says you did, Eddie, but I thought he said you did, Daddy. I was like, oh
2: man, this movie is making it explicit. (laughs) I can't. I have to die.
0: You know, uh so I'm just gonna say, Sky, if you are really curious about the ins and outs of that whole venom sex situation. Yeah. Um, uh, you got rule thirty-four that exists. So there you go.
2: Right, but I just wanna know if like he like inhabits somebody else's body. Like how just does look it up, wait, look it up? Wait, is this like a
1: Blade Runner 2049 situation? Oh. Like with like, uh, it, it, kit, like Onodamas, yes, yeah. yeah,
2: and the hologram. I I think you're on to something. I I bet I would bet like a hundred dollars. There's probably like a Blade Runner 2049 Venom AU out there. Oh, a hundred percent.
1: I actually is. I'm writing it. <laughs> I'm writing it as we speak. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs>
1: and of course. This is the end of the movie. We get the needle drop with uh, Eminem <laughs> rhyming venom for a ton. <laughs> And after this, we get the after credits scene.
0: There's going to be some carnage.
1: <laughs> we see Eddie Brock going to prison, to wig prison, to interview Cletus Cassidy who is a serial killer. And you know he's a serial killer, and you know he's a sick son of a bitch because he's written in blood, Hello Eddie, or something like that. What is it? It's like Hi Eddie or Hello Eddie. Hello
0: Eddie, Eddie. yeah.
1: On the wall. So you know he's twisted. Who did he kill? And, of course, <laughs> there's all these rules. It's very Hannibal Lecter. It's, oh, wait, hold on. AO3. Silence of the Lambs <laughs> AU. Please, Cassie and anybody.
0: God damn it!
2: I have to leave.
1: The lambs are still screaming. Oh. That should be a t- that should be the subtitle, not "Let There Be Carnage." It should be "The Lambs Are Still
2: Screaming." <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Yesterday I looked and there was 317 fixed on AO3 and now there's 320. So congratulations <laughs> to the three people who posted the <laughs> uh, It was us,
1: obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but he's invited to interview Cletus Cassidy, And, of course, he promises that there's going to be carnage when he escapes. End movie. Roll credits. Done.
0: Cut to
2: black.
1: Are there any final thoughts that we have on this, on this um, movie?
2: I just, I love that it subverts everything about superheroes and I love it so much. And I think Tom Hardy is wonderful. Excellent. So, uh,
0: my final thoughts is that, um, in comparison to other superhero movies, I'm just going to say, uh, it's not one of my favorites by far at all, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. And, uh, if you want to enjoy this movie even more, do not try to take it very seriously because yeah. that will just downgrade the whole quality of the movie and that will take you out of the moment. For so sure. um yeah, just t- just take it with a grain of salt. Just it's, fucking
1: It's like showgirls. In that you cannot go in expecting a good movie and you cannot go in expecting the worst movie ever made because I don't think it's the worst movie ever made by any means. You just have to expect, oh, it's going to be weird. It's going to be a little cuckoo. It's going to be a little bananas. And just expect to have a good time. So now we are moving on to the next segment of our podcast that we are calling "What the Plot? It is my brother's turn. It is Taylor's turn to guess the plot of a movie. Now, yes. we went through a list of several movies that you could have chosen, and you chose to guess the plot of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, a movie you have never seen. And I've know never nothing even about. heard of it. Interesting.
2: That's so, so surprising that you've never heard of it. Now,
1: okay. You, do you know who Virginia Woolf is? You should.
0: Um, no.
1: Wait a second. You should, because... wait hold on
0: my junior
1: my junior year of high school we made or maybe a sophomore we made a video that was about those
0: videos like and you uh, played
1: virginia wolf in this video
0: you didn't tell me the name of the person i was i thought it was just a random person
1: with receipts you were virginia wolf you have played her before why you really didn't do your research you give me no context on who
0: she was. You're just like, all right, say this shit on the paper, and I was like, all right, cool, and then I did it.
1: Wow. Anyway, so you know what?
0: Anyway, yeah, she just, is, just keep. She's going. a
1: writer. That's all you need to know. But okay, I want you to guess the plot of this movie. It is a 1966 film directed by Mike Nichols. Okay. What do you think this movie is about?
0: Um, I'm gonna guess someone's afraid of her.
2: But give us more. Yeah, a little more.
0: Um I feel like uh it has to do with she's trying to break this very underground story possibly maybe. Wait, what kind of writer is she first of all? Can I get that detail?
1: No. Virginia Woolf as a writer? She is just an English writer. Okay, she's I, a modernist. I know she's Wait, uh, like a, pioneer, she's a, writer. a pioneer in the use of stream of consciousness as a narrative device. Oh,
0: uh, so she was like one of the first people to just like write at will what she was thinking? Yes. Okay. Um. Damn, that just ruined what I thought the movie <laughs> was about. It doesn't uh,
1: matter. <laughs> just keep going. I,
2: I thought was it was going to be
0: did. like that one movie with the... Uh, who the fuck... who. Why can't I think of the name? Who plays the Hulk? I'm stupid. Mark I can't think of it.
2: Ruffalo? Ruffalo.
0: The movie where he un- he uncovers like this dark whole waters? company. Dark Waters? Yes, that's the movie. Wait, how do you uh, know about Dark because, Waters? <laughs> because they talked about it on the uh, Tiny Me Gang podcast. Noelle okay. and Cody talked about it. <laughs> I actually
2: saw Dark Waters in theaters. Was it good? It was fine. I okay, wanted to anyway. see what I have not it Anyway.
0: <laughs> um yeah um i have no fucking clue what this movie would be about now just give um,
1: us a, just literally anything that comes to mind what do you think this movie is about you do not have to th- be right that is the whole point
0: is it, is it some sort of uh biography on her life in some way possibly or um i don't know
1: okay i'll i'll guide you in a different direction no it has okay. it's not about her that's just okay. part of the title. It, it has a part in the movie, but it does not have to do with the movie at large. So
0: she's literally not even the main center no. point of the movie.
1: Disregard her. She does not. She's not okay. relevant. Come up with, okay. with something here.
0: All right. But so someone's afraid of her. And as a result, they make it their mission that they have to kill Virginia Woolf because she's a threat to society.
1: So <laughs> like an assassin plot
0: yes it's like uh the the video game hitman but um, <laughs> virginia wolf but virginia wolf they have to kill her why are She's they the af- main villain why
1: are they afraid of her
0: because she has a massive nuclear weapon that will destroy the planet <laughs> she will fucking kill everybody
1: noted arms developer
2: and arms- you know what you're you're correct <laughs> I knew it! Yeah, 100%. Totally, exactly
1: how this movie goes. Now, okay, I'm going to do for you what I did for Sky last week. So I'm going to tell you just a little bit more about this movie and see where it takes you. So okay, it's it's a comedy, black comedy drama film. It's based on a play. And it stars Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Okay. It was nominated for 13 Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Director. and. Okay.
0: Did it have one for best original song, possibly? No. (laughs) Listen, I I said that because um, you you said something about musicals or something. I I completely forgot what you just said. But something about musicals. So I was like, hmm, Oscar for best original song, maybe? Because that would have helped a little bit.
1: Interesting. I thought it might have been a musical, maybe. I'll tell you this. It's a drama, and it centers around a married couple. Okay. So I want you to um, redevelop your plot now that you know this information.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna base it off Merrick's story. They're going through a divorce. Adam Driver <laughs> comes in. He de- he wants to divorce. Well, he doesn't want the divorce. Virginia Wolf wants the divorce with Adam Driver, and uh, then Adam Driver gets really mad and he takes out his lightsaber and he tries to kill her. And uh, and then they they go to court about him trying to kill her, and then also the divorce filings and. It's just one big mess, and uh, then the kid gets involved. Like It's very messy.
2: (laughs) Okay, but Adam Driver as George is something that I want in my life. Inspired casting, Taylor. I will tell you the actual
1: plot (laughs) as best as I can. Uh, It centers on a volatile marriage of a middle-aged couple george is an associate professor of history at a small new england college and martha is the daughter of the university president uh, and after they return home drunk from a party martha reveals she has invited a young married couple whom she met at the party for a drink the guests arrive nick a biology professor and his wife honey at 2:30 a.m as the four drink martha and george engage in scathing verbal abuse in front of nick and honey and the younger couple is first embarrassed and later entangled. That's basically the the very basic, basic plot line of this movie. Okay,
0: so it was nothing I thought it would be. Good. <laughs> Love that.
1: Yeah, Virginia no. Wolf is not in the movie at all. She's not a uh, nuclear arms dealer.
0: And who the fuck is afraid of her?
1: Well, that actually comes from... uh <laughs> <laughs> uh they they start chanting who's afraid of virginia wolf to the tune
2: of the big bad wolf
0: uh i see
2: yeah that's where that and martha the wife responds i am george i am
1: also it's worth noting that elizabeth taylor tells everyone
2: that they're all flops it's really iconic it is really iconic
0: oh damn she's just roasting people
1: yeah yeah Damn. but yeah that's that's who's afraid of virginia wolf I, I i honestly we should
2: fast track your plots into movies
0: honestly let's yeah, do it
2: oh right i'll write that screenplay i i can do that for you Thank can you. we get a
0: board of writers together and just like make that shit happen yeah, like, yeah
1: i think we can really do something really magical there
0: can i be honest i'd watch my own movie that'd be pretty cool
1: <laughs> excellent <laughs> so it's time to wrap this up We've had a lot of fun. We've talked about AO3 a lot more than we probably should. <laughs> for nasty. sure. We honestly deserve a sponsorship.
2: Um, AO3 sponsor us. Wow. If I was sponsored by AO3, my life would be really wonderful.
1: Yeah. We've had a great time. It's time to wrap this up. Thanks again for listening to Blessed Picture. On social media, you can find us on Twitter at Blessed And now we have an Instagram, which you can find us at blessed.pick. Please feel free I to comment. I think it's ra- less dot picture. Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> Damn, you don't even know your socials.
1: I've already, I've already, it's left my brain already. Please feel free to comment, rate, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts as it will really help us out. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts, including Pocket Casts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. And if you like this episode, please feel free to recommend us to your friends, your family members, your symbiotes. Your dog your
2: uh, gems, your, your cut gems, your uncut your,
0: gems, your, your uncut gems. Yeah.
2: Your good times, your bad times, your lobsters. your fast times at Richmond. Huh?
0: <laughs> your cars, your drivers. Uh, yeah. Share.
1: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this absolutely nonsensical episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just want to say thank you for, uh, thank you sister for letting me, invade this podcast and make it complete shit um You're i hope welcome. it wasn't i hope it wasn't too terrible um no
1: i'm gonna have to heavily edit the this though that's so that mom can listen to this
0: <laughs> oh no she's gonna just hear it just uh
1: <laughs> well the technical comment, comment is, is definitely getting cut out
0: <laughs> yeah no we don't need that
1: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, uh goodbye bye bye <laughs> Taylor, do your Venom voice. Goodbye. (laughs) End of episode goodbye. (laughs)
2: On the first page of Eddie Brock Venom on Ao3, one of the first tags is "tentacle dick." So no, I think I answered my question. And uh, no, my no, no, thank you. <laughs> uh... I'm not going to read the other tags. On that. <laughs> anyway,
0: well, can, can you send the link? Can, can you send the link? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I need that. I need that for later.